0: I mean, generally, and this is also, we've been asked a couple of times, if we now consider ourselves in the entertainment sector, we still are in it for the sports. So you can do any form of recreational sport that is confined to a certain space on the limbic.
1: This is the Sports Tech All-Stars podcast. Showcasing outstanding startups and initiatives in the global sports tech ecosystem. From SportsTech X, the leading source for data and insights about sports tech. Here is your host, Benjamin Pinker.
2: So hi everyone, this is Benjamin from SportsTechX. Today I have the pleasure to talk to Marcos Kern who is CEO and founder of a great company called Fun with Balls. What a name, fantastic. Before we explain what he's doing and especially have a look at his new product, Limbic, I want to welcome him to the show. So first of all, hi, Markus, how are you today? Hey, Ben, thanks for having us. Great to be here. Wonderful. Let's start with yourself. I'm sure you're you're good in talking about yourself. You're uh, rather an extrovert, as far as I know you. So let us know who is Marcos Karen as a person. What have you done before, and what are you doing now?
0: <laughs> Thanks for the intro. I'm actually a very Extroverted introvert, I would call myself. I've actually been doing quite some things. I started my career in uh, events and advertising, did some pretty crazy stuff all around the globe with big brands, built up my own agency, which is still active today, but also had, yeah, always had a very creative drive in me to go to the edge of where things are happening and come up with new creative concepts. Had a couple of very exotic things that some people might remember, like a surf school in North Korea. And yeah, always been traveling the world to find. Cool new topics and create cool ideas.
2: Yeah, I've seen a couple articles about yourself uh, recently, and I've, I've read your story. You told me about your story. I think this is a separate podcast episode itself. So whoever out there gets a chance to talk to Marcus, do it. It's it's very entertaining.
0: <laughs> yeah, I'm always happy if we can skip that because honestly, I myself get bored telling the same stories all over and over. So.
2: <laughs> because you're you know them already, right?
0: Exactly. I was there.
2: <laughs> Cool. Then let's switch topic and talk business, so to speak. Most people know you for fun with balls, which itself is already a great company. And I think uh, Multiball is an amazing product. So definitely something uh, to check out. Uh, but recently you announced a product which I think has the potential to be really groundbreaking. And it's called Limbic. So my question to you to start with is twofold. Can you give us a quick update on Fun with Balls, especially for the people who don't know what it is? And then let us know how you arrived at Limbic. And then we're going to dive into that a bit later. Absolutely. love to.
0: I started Fun with Balls five years ago. And it's a very simple reason why we started, because sports participation in a lot of areas around the world is declining. Generally, with all our digital media, it gets harder and harder to actually focus on physical activity, and living a healthy life, and everybody knows how hard it is to overcome your inner self sometimes with discipline and sports, whereas all digital entertainment is very intuitive, very easy to start, and very addictive. So we try to bring both together, started a couple of projects in in different areas which have been quite successful, like Interactive Squash and Multiball. And you can always think about it like big surfaces with sensor technology that lets you play computer games in real life. So you interact with balls, your body, movement, or certain gestures, but always on a very broad scale. Meaning we always focus on a kid starting to throw a ball at the age of three, but we go all the way up to like super sophisticated athlete training, global leaderboards, analytics, and so on. And that's been super great for the last four years. We've been installing systems all around the globe. They're very B2B driven. And, yeah, we always knew that at some point we want to go also in the consumer market, but it's always been yeah quite a gigantic leap, first of all, from the technology side, but also from the time that it takes to develop. And, yeah, luckily enough, in this case, a stupid little virus came around, causing <laughs> us quite some time that we could invest in, in, in a lot of R&D. So we basically just brought out Limbic about two years earlier than anticipated. And yeah, it's basically a physical gaming console that brings everything together, but you can easily set it up at home, connect a projector and do most of the things that we can do on the big systems out of a small box.
2: Very cool. So the summary is you started with Fun fun with Balls, uh, more on the B2B side of things, let's say a bigger installation setup efforts from your end, lots of traveling involved. And now you're doing the switch, which is accelerated by the pandemic. And now you have the, the B2C product that is Limbic, correct? Exactly. It basically is like
0: uh, a lot of people asked us, do we consider it as a pivot? Whereas it, it's, it's more like an evolutionary step that we did a little earlier than anticipated because mm-hmm. both systems together actually create a crazy cool ecosystem of being combined with each other. One, the sports venue, which we very much love. We still believe that it's Mm -hmm. very, very worth keeping these locations. But at the same time, the connected fitness, like be fit at your home, just have fun, just low entry barrier, COVID safe, home office style, workout on the rug at home.
2: Cool. And I, I think that's a good moment to to dive a, bit, dive a bit deeper into what Limbic is. First one, first question is the standard question that people always get. Uh, which problem are you actually solving or which benefit do you offer? And I think you mentioned it a couple of sentences before, but just to, to say it again.
0: Yeah. I mean, generally, and this is also, we've been asked a couple of times, if we now consider ourselves in the entertainment sector, we still are in it for the sports. So you can do any form of recreational sport, that is confined to a certain space on the limbic. Meaning you can play ball sports, you can just do yoga, you can do fitness, you can do CrossFit. The system tracks up anything that works on the wall, plus it tracks a room in front of it. Meaning we can calculate your sit-ups, we can check your height, we can measure reaction times. So the problem we're solving is very simple, just like Peloton mirror and all the other things, we bring physical activity in a very, very low entry barrier into your home. And at the same time, we make it so fun and addictive so that discipline and all these like you just got to stick with it and oh, oh, it's not nice, but you got to do it drops away. It's literally like playing a computer game, but you're doing a full body workout at the same time.
2: Yeah, very nice. And I mean, the video looks amazing. I, I cannot wait to, to visit and test it, but let's take one step back just to cover the basics. So what do you actually need for the system and, and how exactly does it work? Maybe, maybe just to cover the very basics.
0: Okay. So think of it like a, a it's like a, a big speaker or like a shoebox. You install it on a wall, therefore you need a wall. It shouldn't rain inside, so the roof is quite handy at the same time. And you need a projector. Any projector works with it. Some people work with short throw projectors, but you can also use your home cinema projector. And since projectors are now getting more and more um, bought for the home use, it's actually quite a good, good market for us. So once you connect the project with the box, the box is basically like a fancy, it looks like a little robot, like almost with a face, and it has a couple of motion tracking sensors in it that basically track the whole room. Then we have our sensor in the back that tracks the whole wall. I mean, you can tap the wall, you can throw things at the wall, or you can just move around and play games without even touching the wall. Mm-hmm. Then you have speakers in, in the whole thing because we noticed that people need a really really good uh, sound uh, interaction as well, plus obviously the processing units, Wi-Fi, Bluetooth, and so on. Mm-hmm. So you put a couple of screws on your wall. For the people who don't want to touch the wall you can even turn around the system and place it on the floor with like two little stands but it's obviously nicer if the sound comes up there it also has a super fancy led front that indicates like whose turn it is to play or when the system is booting and all that and going over a little bit at the same time we're now discussing whether we can include airplay so you can just use the speakers because the speakers are actually super super high quality speakers Plus the LED front, some people want to use it as a home lighting system now. So, uh, But that's all stuff that we're trying to figure out.
2: Very nice. And then you have, uh, let's say, a bunch of games pre-installed or you have an app store. How would I get those games or those exercises?
0: The general approach that we have is a very... So whereas most companies like the big fitness companies are always very exclusive like they try to this is our platform we develop the content this is what you get we have a little bit of a different approach like we invite other people to actually create apps for for our systems so we already have our sdk out now for half a year other people can actually also for the bigger systems create content so we're more of like a platform a little bit of like also indie game developer kind of approach like hey if you can think of a cool idea what to do with this go ahead we're not going to leave you out but generally we have like 34 games which we programmed already they range from simple kids are painting with touch uh, gestures or balls up to okay this is your your full body workout with reaction like neuroathletic training all sorts of things and they cover quite a big range already plus now that we announced the bigger game studios now came to us also wanting to publish titles or create titles for what we're doing.
2: Yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense to have some pre-installed ones, but be having that open approach, I, I think that's really good. That might also be connected to m- my next question, I assume, uh, which is about your, your business model. So how do you make money with it? I, I assume somebody has to pay for the device. And then maybe there is some sort of app store or or those games that you just mentioned by third-party developers that might cost something. Is that correct?
0: Exactly. We actually have a also a little bit unconventional approach to it. So we have a software subscription, but you don't have to have it mandatory. Mm-hmm. So you buy the system. Right now we have a cool act like promotion on Indiegogo where there it goes for 799 euros. In the end, it's probably gonna be closer to the 1K per system. And then you can use all the free apps, or you can decide to buy single apps with it, especially our third developer, uh, third-party developer, 3rd developer apps. Or you can decide to just go all in and say, hey, listen, I'm using this enough. I just want to pay my $29.90 per month, and then just use all apps for free. But we don't require you to have a subscription. If you just want to use it like that, you're also free to do so.
1: stay up to date with all things sports tech and sign up for our newsletter you'll get a monthly breakdown of the most important developments in the global sports tech ecosystem paired with exclusive interviews with industry leaders get all of this and more delivered directly to your inbox sign up today at sportstechx.com
2: So people out there might want to consider checking out Indiegogo page to see if they can get a get a good deal, lifetime deal there.
0: Exactly. And, and this is actually what you, there's, we, we did that with Kickstarter where we said like we're going to include a complete lifetime subscription, meaning like you get the full premium subscription mm-hmm. completely for free. With Indiegogo, we have a slightly less attractive, but still highly attractive super deal where you get a lot of free service for a very long time.
2: Sweet. Let's talk a bit about challenges. I'm, I'm sure every start of a product comes with a few challenges, especially if it's uh, with the hardware component, I can imagine. What would you say is the, the trickiest part about your product or offering?
0: Well, I mean, we're now five years old, and basically it's been a road full of challenges for us. The funny thing is the things that you might consider big challenges is actually what we're really good at and we, we, we don't see such a big problem. The hardware, hardware is always something people want to stay away of. We love hardware. I don't know why, but it's like, hey, we have a retention rate of 100% of our clients. Everybody who ever bought our system has it, And they're all paying, or most of them are paying their software subscription. In the early days, we obviously gave out the software subscription for free. So we love hardware because it's a pretty, pretty nice business to scale. So that's not a problem. We're very used to like production lines and all these typical issues that everybody's facing. Also, we focus a lot on quality. We're very German in that regard. We give five years of warranty on our systems. So the challenges, I think, is, is especially growth per se, because we always knew that we're a very, very unattractive area for a lot of investors with hardware, with niche sports in the beginning. And I think being able to finance our growth was one of the biggest challenges while we've always been like a little bit of the ugly duckling. At the same time, everybody always wanted to look at our case and we were like, oh, that's super interesting, future of sports, yay. I was like, oh, no, I want to invest something that's purely digital. I and mean, don't you have something with a blockchain or AI? And oh, I like, mm, you have to ship this stuff? Mm. So that's been probably the hardest challenge because by now we've achieved quite a lot. We've been a pretty strong team. We have a very, very strong track record of, of IP and, and tech. And that's been really tough for us because we've been forced very early to basically run out of our cash flow with a little bit of investor help here and there. And that's been a crazy juggle, honestly, over the last years. Luckily enough, that's slowly changing because now people are realizing, hey, that is a really sustainable business and we're just about to cross around 3 million in sales. So people are like, wait, um, that seems to work really well. (laughs) The other challenges obviously is the typical, you gotta build up a great team. You gotta have the right people. You gotta learn how to communicate when you scale. I mean. If you look at our company one and a half years ago, just before we started to have like really proper revenue per month, our sales was one guy and an email address. Sales at fun with balls. You write an email, you get a product. Now that's all a CRM. We Made some massive mistakes switching to the wrong mm-hmm. CRM in the beginning. Like all these like processes and basically having that transition from a couple of cool guys that build fancy shit to... Hey, this is a properly running company. If you give me five salespeople that I hire starting tomorrow, give me one or two weeks and they're fully onboarded and they can start working. I think that's always a, a very much overlooked challenge in that process of it's a little bit like becoming a butterfly startup out of a ugly little worm. <laughs>
2: Yeah, I mean the, the the second topic that you mentioned, the team, is something that you come across all the time when you speak to startup founders that are actually need to grow and need to scale. The good thing is that you have a wonderful office in Munich. I mean, if this isn't isn't reason enough to join you, then I don't I don't know what is right.
0: <laughs> yes, exactly.
2: Yeah, <laughs> I, I, it helps a lot
0: because we definitely cannot compete with the big paychecks that other people in Munich are paying. We we always refer to our company also being a little bit of a selection of of underdogs because most people that work here without sounding like oh my god but are people that necessarily wouldn't make it into other companies they're either like we have a super crazy diverse cultural background most of the people that work for our company don't even speak german which is still a problem in some german companies they don't have gigantic track records they probably have a shitty cv but they're great guys and they're in it for the right reason. And we basically shape them to be successful in their field. And yes, the office and uh, being in the green and having a lot of flexibility in a startup also helps a lot. But yeah, one point I always find, sorry to go off topic here a little bit, always so interesting is like people always (laughs) refer to finding the right team. When most of the times this conversation is happening, finding the right team with startups that have funding. And the the bigger Mm challenge is Find the right people that are in for the right reasons, for the right amount of money. They still want to join you and try to achieve that without being able to say like, yes, of course, we're going to pay for your relocation. I mean, we even have people joining us now from Iran and moving over to Germany after half a year.
2: <laughs> That's incredible. And yeah, I mean, uh, basically, if 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 you work a lot and I mean, or or uh, to put it differently, work takes, takes a big chunk of your time in your life. So why would you uh, surround yourself with people that you don't stand, right? Absolutely.
0: We have yeah. probably the strictest no asshole policy in the world. It goes <laughs> for not just our people, but also suppliers, partners, people we work with, even investors. We had a couple of offers already that we simply refused because we said, might not be the right match in terms of personality and character
2: (laughs) understand nice let's come to another topic which is more on the bright side of things Uh, let's talk a bit about um, success i mean it's always a matter of definition what success is but what would you consider to be your biggest success so far can be either with fun with balls or limbic choose one
0: i mean limbic is is a success even being able to put in that much time and develop and, and solve all these problems. It is already like being able to create that, had so many pitfalls, so many problems. That is a success in it mm-hmm. for yourself. I started fun With Balls out of a mission. Like if it would just be about making money, hey, come on, I will be working in stocks or, or do anything else. So the biggest success that we basically see is that we're able with our systems to provide a real alternative to failing or struggling locations. Like I said, sports clubs or health clubs or however you want to call them, are a very, very integral and very important part of our society. And physical activity declining is a very big problem to society. So for us, I think one of the biggest successes is when we like install our systems and we see that every single one of them is used in a very, very, very high frequency. And then you tell the people, and like we had that thing where somebody was checking one of the systems we sold to a hotel in Austria. And he was like, they bought it and it's already at 5,000 hours. And we were like, there must be a bug. They cannot use it like we calculated. It should have been like 340 hours per month. That's like an average of like 12 hours usage. And we're like, okay, this must be a bug. And they literally, we called them and they were like happy as a fella can be. It's like, no, 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 there's always somebody playing. And we're like, how do you? No, it's like, even on on slow days, the, the girl from the reception and the cook they're going to go in there and they're going to challenge each other on a game of countries. And I think spreading this much joy and this much activity I mean, every single hour that is played in our system burns calories. It develops muscles, mm-hmm. it teaches hand eye coordination. And we're like reeling in thousands of hours every month of that activity around the world with our products, and to me personally and also for our team, that is actually, you know, that's a little part of us changing the world. Yes, we're earning money with this and this is amazing and it has to be a sustainable business model. But hey, people are having loads of fun all around
2: the world because we do what we do. Yeah, this is absolutely important. Uh, no, no question. Uh, and I think you're you're especially successful with, with kids, right? I mean, kids love to play uh, on, on your systems. I mean, I've seen some, some videos of kids going crazy about your system. Is that, is that correct? Absolutely. I mean,
0: we always say kids are our main target audience, the small ones and the big ones. Because I mean, (laughs) with a kid, it's just like every kid, you you give it a ball and it's like, look, fish, and they start. We just had uh, somebody like a very, very famous soccer player who always brings his son over to our showroom here. And he's like one of the biggest German soccer players ever. And he's like, literally like, Last or two weekends ago, he spent like six hours here, and he like <laughs> opened the door, put his little kiddo in there. Then there was another kid that he brought along, and they were like going nuts there for like four or five hours. Then they made a half an hour break for a pizza, and it was like, okay. Let's leave, and there was like no fucking way. They went back in there, <laughs> and the funny thing is, I think kids just have such a they're they even more. This is why digital media works so well with them. They love it. They do it. Us as parents, or or as 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 grown-ups, you always have this like, yes, but uh, no, no, I also want to, we notice that once you overcome that thing, it works exactly the same way with grown-ups. I mean, we've been, we always say the one thing we always hear again and again, is again, okay, one more round. Okay, I can wait, this this one doesn't count because I can do better. Just one more round. And two hours later, you're still trying to solve that stupid puzzle of hitting a bomb in time while running around like a crazy person. And it just works so well with our limbic brain and, and the way that we like work with rewards. And kids just have a quicker access to that. But I think the way that we are attracted to it is basically exactly the same between kids and adults.
2: Yeah, and even, even though we like to think the opposite, uh, maybe we don't even change uh, so much over time. I mean, in some aspects we do, but I think the the basics pretty much stay the same. And this is probably why, yeah, this this uh, mechanism works for adults as well. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: I mean, in the end, what we do in business is also just a game. <laughs>
2: True, yeah. It's always about winning (laughs) Uh, business is a good keyword for my next question actually we have talked about your current status what you've done in the past let's look a little bit into the future i would like to know what is coming up for your company in the next couple of months or in, in the rest of the year
0: yes i mean we're now in the last steps of creating the full production line for the limbic So we're looking forward to to have the first beta production running, figure out the last remaining steps of like little things like packaging and fulfillment. So that's going to be probably the biggest change in the company that we've seen so far, Mm -hmm. because this is the first time that we have B2C products and it all goes with, you know, we never had to do marketing for our products. Never. All our B2B products is literally Let's put out some cool videos, have people share them because they love the content anyway, and people are gonna ask us where they can buy it. Then of course you gotta have sales process and, and all that stuff. But so now we're transitioning to you know having our own web store, fulfillment, pre-orders, mm-hmm. production, performance marketing, PR. It's the first <laughs> time that we start working with PR, where you're like, look, we have a cool product, don't you wanna talk about us? Whereas before that, it's like, no, we're in our little world. And sometimes people knock on doors, like, hey, we want to talk about you. And then obviously with COVID in the B2B side, we have put an amazing amount of effort in creating a better pipeline for all B2B sales. Even though we know that most venues or clients are not going to buy yet, which basically created a huge like traffic jam of projects to come, whereas we don't know when they're coming. Like so many big brands, we're now in, mm-hmm. in contact with a couple of really, really big ones. And it's like, hey, as soon as we see people coming back, we want to get like 6, 8, 10, 15 of your systems, because <laughs> then we want to provide them with an even better experience. But for now, we don't know how, how long the lockdown is going to take. We're going to lay low for now. So uh, yeah, we're looking yeah. at a very, very crazy year. And with more and more vaccines being sent around the world, and hopefully rates going down, we hope that we can basically cash in on all the work we've been doing for the last one and a half years.
2: Cash is another good keyword. <laughs> you're, you're laying the groundwork for my <laughs> next questions. Uh, wonderful. Everybody, this was not rehearsed. <laughs> no, it was not. That is correct. Um, but but coming back to what you uh, said before about Limbic, I mean, this sounds like a lot. And it also sounds like this is hard to do organically. Let's put it that way. So out of curiosity, are you are you onboarding some investors on this journey or, or how how do you plan to do this? Yeah, I mean,
0: like you said, anybody can imagine we were talking about big production here. And with Limbic, it's also very simple. If we produce 500, it's going to be amount X. If we produce 5,000, it's probably almost half of it. So yes, we're now preparing a nice funding round, um, mostly European because we're very, very proud and European. So we've received some uh, nice interest from the US and we're not sure yet if we if we should do that step right now. But yeah, like you said, it's definitely now a different ball game. Like I said, we've never done marketing. We never even had a marketing budget. Like our guy doing marketing that we onboarded a couple of months ago was like, what's my budget? Like, what do you mean budget? You film cool stuff, you post it and talk about it. That's our idea of marketing, right? And then everybody loves it and it goes viral and people send us requests like, well, don't you have, like, how much do you spend for uh, social media advertising? And like." And well, do not do it so all these things are changing and yes it is a capital intensive so we're becoming more and more vc case right now which has its challenges but at the same time it's obviously a gigantic opportunity to just spin it out to a completely new dimension
2: absolutely nice i think this this gives us a good overview of uh what fun with balls and especially limbic is let's put that aside for the rest of this episode i have two more generic questions to to finish things off First one would be, what is the best advice you were ever given? I was very curious about this one.
0: Without sounding like, oh my God, here comes the sad story. To be honest, I was never really lucky to receive any advice. I started my first company at the age of 20 and everybody's always been asking like, who was your mentor? I never had one. And this is probably one of the reasons why I'm so happily helping others because I always had a little bit of like, I'm out there on my own. I had to figure things out and I didn't really even have a network in the beginning for people of people which I can ask. So to be honest, I never really had somebody giving me advice, which was not optimal, but also in some cases also teaches you to to learn some things. So it's really, I mean, the, the one advice that life gave me is always realize that things take longer and are probably harder than you think about in the beginning. And the most failures <laughs> actually just come from... Stopping too early, not necessarily from failing.
2: Yeah, I would have asked now what is the best advice that you can give, but you just mentioned what life <laughs> taught you, so to speak. So I'm, yeah. I'm leave it, leave it. I'm gonna leave it with that. Okay, very last question. That is my favorite one. What is your favorite sporting moment? I always try to guess what it is for a specific guest, but for you, I probably have no idea. Maybe it was when you did your first surf in North Korea or something like this. Same thing
0: there. I was never really invested in, in like consuming sports per se so it's always funny because we get into this all these big meetings with the biggest sports companies in the world and like this is like when 1992 this guy did that it was so amazing it's like i don't know even which which sport are you talking about oh american football no i never watched it i don't know the rules so it's it's a little bit like i live on 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 the dark side of the moon with that i mean a couple of my favorite sporting moments ever obviously yeah north korea being able to take something that is a learned sport, which just comes with look, here's a surfboard and I can show you how to do it. And basically take down barriers of communication and of mm-hmm. politics and, and uh, stereotypes and all these ugly things that divide us in, in daily life by just like, hey, you and I go in the water. I'm going to show you something cool. And we're both going to be super, super happy tonight when we sit by the campfire. I think that was one of the strongest sporting moments I ever had because this is the big value that sport has is we all love to move our bodies we all love to learn new things and work with you know with g-force and movement and mastering a skill and look what I can do and using that to actually just connect people in a fun way especially if it's like somebody in a regime where everybody's like these are just crazy people and we should not help them yeah that definitely hands down is my most favorite sporting moment ever
2: Nice. I'm summing it up as Marcus is keeping it real. And this is how I want to end this episode. Uh, thank you, Marcus, very much for sharing all this with us. I'm very curious where you can take a limbic because I think it has a lot of potential. And uh, yeah, I will try to stay up to date with this. Thank you very much. Thank you so much. And keep up the amazing work with the, with the podcast. Like, I'm, I'm,
0: These conversations are super fun. And it's always, always great to see all these different people with their opinions and their stories. And I just love it.
2: Appreciate it. Thank you very much. Take care, Marcus.
0: Bye-bye. Bye bye.
1: Thanks for listening to the Sports Tech All-Stars podcast with Benjamin Pankert. If you like our show, let us know and leave a review. And if you want to know more about us, check out sportstechx.com, where you can find our latest industry reports and updates. For a deeper dive into all things sports tech, check out our comprehensive database, SportsTechDB at sportstechdb.com. Don't forget to follow us on social media. You can find us at SportstechX on Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, and Facebook. Join us next time for another insightful conversation with a leader in sports tech.